Welcome to PBC Talks. If you would like to find out more information, please visit pbc.org.uk. raise a hallelujah over our friends living in fear. Let's raise a hallelujah over Point in Cheshire and Manchester. Let's raise a hallelujah over our government. Let's raise a hallelujah over our nation, our continent and our world. Let's raise a hallelujah over hospitals over health officials. Let's raise a hallelujah. God, you are in control. We trust you. We know that you are God and you are good. And in Jesus, we have the victory. In Jesus' beautiful name we pray. Amen. 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 All righty, do, uh, do grab, yourself, grab yourself a seat. So, over the past few weeks, it's uh, all been about that word, destiny, yeah? We've been checking out the call that God's been placing on your life and the purpose that God's been placing on your life. Over the past few weeks, it's all been about destiny, the thing or the things that God wants you to go do, to go achieve, to go accomplish before he zaps you off to heaven to spend forever after with his troop of angels and his posse of archangels. It's been about destiny. About trying to work out what your life and what my life is actually truly all about. Which is kind of bang on topic for a whole bunch of us right now, hey? Maybe you're leaving school. Maybe you're leaving university. And you're trying to work out your next step. Um, Or maybe your career's stalled or you've been offered redundancy and you're trying to work out what you're meant to go do. Or your kids no longer need you, and middle age has crept up and slapped you in the face, and you're trying to work out where you go from here, or retirement's arrived, older age has kicked in, but you still want to live some kind of life full of, 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 of destiny and, and purpose and calling. Over the past few weeks, it's all been about that word, Destiny which is bang on topic for a whole bunch of us right now. Now, four of you have filled out me destiny board. Um, but that's, um, Let's check them out, shall we? Someone's destiny here is transforming the lives of the needy, the ill, and deprived through gardening. All right. We like that one. Okay. Someone else has worked out their destiny is to make Jesus known through dance and music. That's me. Uh, then we've got someone else whose destiny is to wake God's people up to wake his church up, and to cultivate getting into his presence. Someone else's destiny is to lead children to Jesus, to let them know that he is the truth, the life, and the way. Um, What's yours? There's a whole blank wall going on there. Over the 
past few weeks, we've been hanging out with a bunch of dudes in the Bible, haven't we? Uh, who, and we've been checking out their, their destinies. Um, checking out guys from the Old Testament, first part of the Bible. Nehemiah, we've been checking out his destiny, yeah? Esther, been checking out her destiny. And, and Gideon, and today in this very last throw of the dice, are you bored with destiny yet? No. Good, all right? I love you. Okay, uh, in this, um, this last throw of the dice... The last of our nine-week series on destiny, we're going to be checking out the last bit of the story of Gideon to go see what it has to say to you and me here today. All right, so previously, God rocked up to Gideon and he went and showed his, his destiny. God's people, the Israelites, were being bashed and battered by a whole bunch of people called the Midianites and the Amalekites and other eastern peoples. And so God rocks up and goes and shows Gideon his destiny. He says this, check it out on the screen. Go in the strength you have and save Israel out of Midian's hand. Am I not sending you? Or check this out. I will be with you. Book of Judges, chapter 6, verse 16. I will be with you and you will strike down the Midianites, leaving none alive. This was Gideon's destiny. This was Gideon's calling. This was Gideon's purpose. This is what Gideon had to go do before God zapped him off to heaven to spend forever after with his troop of angels and his posse of archangels. This was his thing. The Midianites and the Amalekites and the other eastern people were bashing and battering God's people. And so God was calling Gideon to go bash and batter them back, to go lead his people into battle to go gain a massive victory for El Shaddai, the Lord God Almighty, the maker of heaven and earth. This was Gideon's destiny. This was what he had been created for. But before Gideon could go walk in his destiny, before Gideon could go walk in his purpose, before Gideon could go walk in his victory, there was one thing that Gideon had to go do. And that one thing, as we were checking out with Will just last week, that one thing was that Gideon had to go and clear his father's fields. Gideon had to go clear his father's field of a bunch of dodgy deities. Gideon had to go and get rid of an altar to the sex god Baal and to the sex goddess Asherah. Get them out of his dad's land. Gideon had to go clear his father's field of sin and idol worship and evil before he could go and walk in his victory. And because he did that, because he went and cleared his father's field, because he chose to obey and honour the Lord God Almighty, his God went and gave him victory over the armies of the Midianites, the Amalekites, and the other eastern peoples, with an army of just 300 people, with nothing more than a bunch of trumpets, with nothing more than a bunch of torches, with nothing more than a bunch of screams, because Gideon gave him an unbelievable... Because Gideon did what God wanted him to do, God gave him an unbelievable, amazing, incredible, awesome victory over the armies of the Midianites, the Amalekites, and the other eastern peoples. All right? So today, can we check out the next bit, the minutiae? of the story, of the calling, the purpose, and the destiny of Gideon. All right? 
we're going to check out the epic stuff from his life. Four things. The epic stuff about the destiny of Gideon that he stepped into. Number one, he accepted his destiny. We're going to kick off, if you've got Bibles, we're not going to read this bit, but Judges chapter 6, verses 1 to 24. Okay? We're going to kick off with Gideon accepting his destiny. What happens is this. God rocks up on the scene and he calls Gideon mighty warrior. Isn't that awesome? Would you like that? Would you like to wake up in the morning and God just rocks up and says, mighty warrior? Yeah? Why don't you tell the person sitting to your left that they are a mighty warrior? Why don't you tell me that I'm a mighty warrior? Come on. All right. So God goes and tells Gideon what his destiny is. Those words again. Judges chapter 6, verse 14 says this. Go in the strength you have and save Israel out of Midian's hands. Gideon's response. He steps up to the plate. He accepts his destiny and he begins to walk in his victory. Good lad, eh? Nice one. Here we go. Here's the second thing, the epic stuff from Gideon's life. Here we go. He cleared his father's field. Let's drift along to Judges chapter 6, verse 25, with Gideon going and clearing his father's field. Gideon's dad is the leader of the community in the town of Ophrah in the worship of Baal and the worship of Asherah, the gods of sex, the gods of prostitution. So God rocks up on the scene and goes and tells Gideon to go clear his father's field, get rid of the rubbish in his father's field to take out the trash. What does he say? Tear down your father's altar to Baal and cut down the Asherah pole beside it. Because there ain't no way that Gideon is going to walk in his victory. There is no way that Gideon is going to beat up and batter the armies of the Midianites, the Amalekites, and the other eastern peoples, if he doesn't take out the trash from his life. Gideon's response, he steps up to the plate, and he goes and clears his father's field, and he begins to walk in his victory. Good lad. Nice one, yeah? We like that? Two out of two. Epic stuff. He accepted his destiny. He cleared his father's field. Here's number three. He goes and trusts God. Check out with me Judges chapter 7, verses 1 to 8. And what we've got there is Gideon getting battle ready, getting prepared for battle. Gideon has an army of 32,000 geezers. 32,000 fellas to go beat up and batter the mighty armies of the Amalekites, the Midianites, and the other eastern peoples. But God, he has other plans. He wants Gideon to trust him. He wants Gideon to know who's boss. He wants Gideon to know that it's God and God alone who will bring victory in this situation. So he whittles down Gideon's army from a whopping 32,000 to just 300. What does Gideon go do? That's nuts, eh? Well, check it out. Judges chapter 7, verses 7 to 8. The Lord said to Gideon, with the 300 men... I will save you and give the Midianites into your hands. Let all the other ones go home. So Gideon sent the rest of the Israelites home, but he kept just the 300. Gideon's response, he goes and trusts 
Good lad, eh? Nice one. We're doing well? Yeah, we're up with Gideon. Let's check out the fourth thing. What have we got so far? He accepted his destiny. He cleared his father's field. He trusts God. Here's the fourth one. He walked in his victory. Judges chapter 7, verses 15 to 25. What we've got here is brilliant battlefield leadership. Sneaking up on a sleeping enemy, convincing them that 300 trumpets and 300 torches and 300 screams represents a humongous army of 32,000 beating up and battering the might of the Midianites, the Amalekites and the other eastern peoples. God's promise was this, I will be with you and you will strike down all the Midianites, leaving none alive. Gideon's response He walks in his field. Three, he trusts God. Great about Gideon. Number one, he accepts his destiny. Two, he clears his father's field. Three, he trusts God. Four, walks in his victory. Epic stuff, eh? Good, four of you think so. Epic stuff? Awesome, good. Do you want the not-so-epic stuff? Here we go, because now it goes all downhill. Four things. Let's kick off with Gideon's first dodgy moment. The moment that God rocks up on the scene and calls him mighty warrior. The moment that God tells him to go beat up the baddies. The moment that God tells him that he will guarantee him victory. It is going to happen. Gideon goes and says this to God. If now I have found favor in your eyes, give me a sign that it is really you talking to me. So check it out. God, God just called him mighty warrior. He's just said, you will have victory. I will be with you. I am the Lord God Almighty. I am El Shaddai. I am the God of your fathers, the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. I am awesome. I am powerful. I am the creator of the world. I can do all this. I can give you, I will give you victory over your enemies. And Gideon says, give me a sign that it really is you talking to me. Have a little huddle, if you're allowed to do that with coronavirus, with the person sitting next to you. And try and work out what bugs me about this verse. What is it about Gideon that absolutely bugs me about this one? Huddle together and have a little chat together. All right, what we got? What bugs you? What's bugging me about this? What we got? What? Proof. Proof. Okay, good. What? What more? Lack of trust. He's pretty doubtful, isn't he? Doesn't God has spoken, but I don't quite believe it. Are you with me? Ever done that? All right, let's move on to uh, the second dodgy moment in Gideon's life. Okay. The moment that God goes and tells him to go clear his father's fields. He wants him to clear his father's field, to get rid of the rubbish and the trash and the sin in his life, just as we were doing last week, um, sticking our trash and our rubbish in the cross here. Um, Told him to go and clear all the rubbish and get rid of all the rubbish, all the gods of sex and the gods of prostitution. Get rid of it, just get rid of it. Uh, And what happens? Well, Well, check out this verse. Judges chapter 6, verse 27. So Gideon 
took ten of his servants and did as the Lord told him. Yay! But because he was afraid of his family and the townspeople, he did it at night rather than in the daytime. Weck. Huddle time. What's bugging me about this one? Have a little chat. What do you find here? All right, worked it out. What's bugging me? Anyone? What? Fear of visibility. Okay. Hedging the bets. All right, not quite certain. Is God really with me? Bit of a wuss, isn't he? Yeah, this is the guy who last week who was the wuss in the wine press, hiding, threshing his wheat in a hole in the ground, which is the worst place in the whole wide world to go thresh your wheat. And he's doing it again. Oh, God is with me. I'm going to have victory. I'm going to clear my father's field. Let's do it at 3 o'clock in the morning. <laughs> Let's sneak so that no one sees. Okay, so, so we've got loads of doubt going on. We've got loads of fear going on. Can we move on to Gideon's dodgy moment number three? You with me? Okay, the moment the Holy Spirit of the living God enters his life. The Bible says that. The Holy Spirit comes down on him amazingly, rushing into Gideon's life. And it's the moment that Gideon begins to grab his army together to go beat up the baddies, you know, those Midianites, those Amalekites, and those other eastern peoples. The moment the Spirit comes, the moment he gathers his troops, Gideon goes and says this to God. This to God. Gideon said to God, If you will save Israel by my hand as you have promised, look, I will place a wolf leash on the threshing floor. If there is dew only on the fleece and all the ground is dry, then I will know that you will save Israel by my hand, as you said. And that is what happened. Then Gideon said to God, don't be angry with me. Let me make just one more request. Allow me one more test with the fleece. But this time, make the fleece dry and let the ground be covered with dew. That night, God did so. Wow. What's bugging me about that? Huddle, chat, work it out. You are theologians. All right, what we got? What's bugging me? What? Testing him twice from the gorilla gardener at the front. Okay. Anyone else? What's bugging me? What's bugging you? Or are you fleece layers? Are you? Oh, God, if you really want me to do that, I'm going to go and shear something and stick it on the ground. No? Lack of trust, okay. Massive lack of trust. So what have we got? We've got doubt. We've got fear. We've got lack of trust. Fourth dodgy moment in Gideon's life. The moment where God has given him victory over the mighty army of the Midianites, the Amalekites, and the other eastern peoples. The moment to thank God for his awesome victory. 
And then this happens. The Israelites said to Gideon, rule over us, you and your son and your grandson, because you have saved us from the hand of Midian. But Gideon brilliantly told them, I will not rule over you, nor will my son rule over you. The Lord will rule over you. We like that. And then he said, I do have one request, that each of you give me an earring from your share of the plunder. They answered, we'll be glad to give them. So they spread out a garment, and each of them threw a ring from the plunder onto it. Gideon made the back that he placed in Ophrah, his town. All Israel prostituted themselves by worshipping it there, and it became a snare to Gideon and his family. What the blazes? Flaming Nora, what's going on? So he's just gone and battered all those armies. And God's given them this amazing victory using torches and flames and things like that, okay, and screams. And now what's bugging me about this verse? What happens? Have your huddle, have a chat. All right, what we got? What have we got? Shout, 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 loud, 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 or I pick. What? They forget God. What do they do? They make an idol. Okay, so, so what we've got is this awesome dude called Gideon. We like Gideon, don't we? He's a guy who accepted his destiny, who cleared his father's field, who trusted his God's battle plan, and who then went and walked in his victory. We like Gideon, but then check out the rubbish, the trash, the atrociousness, the diabolicalness, if that's a word. Gideon was a guy who doubted his God, who failed to trust his God, who tested his God, and allowed other gods to be worshipped. Not so epic, hey? And because all the trash stuff, all the trash stuff in Gideon's life, because he did that, because he doubted his God, because he failed to trust his God, because he tested his God and allowed other gods to be worshipped because of all the rubbish allowing other people other than God, idols to be worshipped in place of the Lord God Almighty, the maker of heaven and earth. Because of all that, the legacy that Gideon left in life was awful. Check it out. Judges chapter 8, verse 28 through to chapter 9, verse 6 says this, Thus, Midian was subdued before the Israelites and did not raise its head again. During Gideon's lifetime, the land had peace for 40 years. Jeroboam, that's Gideon, by the way, Jeroboam, son of Joash, went back home to live. He had 70 sons of his own, for he had many wives. His concubine, we'll work on that one, um, who lived in Shechem, also bore him a son whom he named Abimelech. Gideon, son of Joash, died at a good old age and was buried in the tomb of his father Joash in Ophrah of the Abizarites. No sooner had Gideon died than the Israelites again prostituted themselves to the Baals. They set up Baal Bereth as their god and did not remember the Lord, the God who'd rescued them from the hands of all their enemies on every side. They also failed to show any loyalty to the family of Jeroboam, that's Gideon, by the way, in spite of all the good things he'd done for them. Abimelech, son of Jeroboam, that's Gideon, went to his mother's brothers in Shechem and said to them and to all his mother's clan, all of the citizens of Shechem, ask all the citizens of Shechem, what is better for you? 
to have 70 of Jeroboam's sons rule over you, or just one man. And by the way, remember, I am your flesh and blood. When the brothers repeated all this to the citizens of Shechem, they were inclined to follow Abimelech. For they said, he's related to us. They gave him 70 shekels of silver from the temple of Baal-Bereth, and Abimelech used it to hire reckless scoundrels who became his followers. He went to his father's home in Ophrah, and on one stone murdered his 70 brothers. By the way, my brother's in the house today, and I've got a stone. All right. Murdered his 70 brothers, the sons of Jerob Baal. But, no. <laughs> but Joe, Stop. <laughs> but Jotham, the youngest son of Jeroboam, escaped by hiding. Then all the citizens of Shechem and Beth Milo gathered beside the great tree in the pillar in Shechem to crown Abimelech king. Ooh. Ooh. Wowzers, wowzers, wowzers. Despite Gideon's awesome achievements, his legacy... Israel, once again, worshipping the gods of sex. Despite Gideon's great achievements, his legacy, Israel ruled by his murdering son. The story of Gideon. Amazing achievements, but lousy legacy. Guys, over the past few weeks, it's all been about this. It's all been about destiny. It's all been about the call that God's placed on your life. All about the purpose that God's gone and placed on your life. Guys, get this. If you are ever going to walk in your destiny, then you need to start focusing on your legacy. If you're ever going to walk in your destiny, you need to start focusing also on your legacy. I truly believe that every single person in this beautiful room today has been placed on planet Earth to do something unique. And that something unique is called destiny. It's your destiny and my destiny. Your destiny different to my destiny. My destiny is different to your destiny. Fulfilling your destiny, fulfilling my destiny, is what Almighty God, the maker of heaven and earth, is calling me and you to do and to achieve and to accomplish. It ain't any short-term fix thing. It's no short-term destiny. This actually is something called life. It's your life and it's my life. It's a marathon, not a sprint. Ain't some kind of short-term thing. It's a lifelong quest. It's a marathon, not a sprint. It's hitting the finishing tape kind of thing. Fulfilling your destiny, fulfilling your purpose, fulfilling your calling is all about leaving the world around you in a better place than when you first were created. It's about leaving the world in a better place than before we started. You see, guys, I sense it's all about legacy. After all, all this nine weeks of stuff about destiny is actually all about that word, legacy. You see, a fulfilled destiny leaves behind a beautiful legacy. Are you with me? If you fulfill your destiny, you're going to leave behind some kind of beautiful legacy. A fulfilled destiny leaves behind a beautiful legacy. So here's the question. What's yours? 
What is the legacy that you would like to leave behind today? What does your destiny fulfilled actually look like? I haven't got it on the screen today, but I'm going to pick on Becky. Okay, Becky wants to be a guerrilla gardener. Okay, do you remember we did that destiny square? Has anyone here actually completed their destiny square yet? You know, what bugs you? What bugs you? What keeps you awake at night? Okay, other corner, what wakes you up in the morning? What gets you up? Okay, going down to your joy and going down to your calling and your gifting. Okay, what's your destiny square? So you got Becky here. Okay, her destiny, uh, what bugs her is that she keeps on making gardens for Manchester United footballers. And she wants to start making beautiful gardens for the whole of Manchester. Okay, so what gets her up in the morning? What, what could be her legacy? The idea of creating something beautiful so that people have something beautiful to look at and enjoy. What, what, what would be her joy? That this year there would be a gorilla garden that is created in Withenshaw or in Stockport or in Poynton or in Macclesfield. Okay, what's her greatest gift? Well, she is awesome, is she not? She is incredible and she is able to organize. She is a leader and able to do it. So her, her destiny is to the thing that's bugging her. Okay, she wants to see change. Her legacy will be one day the beautiful people of Withenshaw, Manchester, Point and Stockport, wherever, get to wake up and enjoy the beauty of God's creation all around them. What is yours? What is the legacy from your destiny that you would like to leave behind? What does your destiny fulfilled actually look like? Guys, this story of Gideon is all about walking. It goes like this. If you're going to walk in your victory, then you need to start walking in your destiny. It's all about walking. If you're going to walk in your victory, then you need to start walking the trash out of your life now. It's all about walking. If you're going to walk in your victory, then you also need to start walking in your legacy. Are you with me? You're catching my drift? Destiny and legacy. Start the destiny, fulfill to the end, and hit your legacy. Can we pray together? Maybe just take a moment or two, just in silence. What is it that you enjoy doing? What is it that you're good at doing? Somewhere in there, you're likely to find destiny, calling, purpose. Perhaps the biggest question, second biggest question that you're going to face on this planet. Question number one, what are you going to do about Jesus? Question number two, what are you going to do about the stuff that Jesus is putting in your hand today? You, not the person sitting next to you. What is your calling?
What is your purpose? What is your destiny? Guys, I truly sense that this is question number two. It's time to step in and step up and step out. It's time to begin walking in that destiny, walking that trash and that rubbish and that blockage and that awfulness out of your life and beginning to walk in victory by walking in your legacy. By raising a hallelujah every day in every way. Father, awesome, beautiful God, I don't begin to understand why you want to use us. I don't begin to understand what it is, why it is you want me to serve you. But I'm up for the challenge. If you want me on Team Jesus, then I'm stepping up to the plate. If you want me to serve you, then I'm ready. And I won't stop being ready until you call me home. So I'm going to bust a gut to work out what it is you're placing in my hand, and I'm just going to follow it through. I want to serve you because you are awesome. I want to follow you because you are lovely. I want to be with you because you bring me life and you bring me joy and you bring me fulfillment and you bring me Jesus. So Father, Father, I love you. Father, I want to flow with you. Would you be my destiny revealer? And I will step into your spirit and be the destiny fulfiller. Thanks for listening to this week's talk. Join us next week for another inspirational message.